Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. And here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, cooling and uh, ready to, uh, you know, put the beats on a couple things and, um, you know, just have a good time here on this Monday evening. So, dude, this was a, this one it didn't record. Dis- nah, it recorded. <laughs> Believe it or not, it recorded. Uh, you broke up a little bit, but you're good right now. Oh, okay. um, this is one of the more disappointing based on expectations only dis- disappointing expectations only weeks of wrestling this year um there was a lot there's a lot to be excited about and a lot that didn't quite hit the mark for the level of excitement certain matchups or builds um uh, des- deserved uh it just fell flat a lot of it fell flat um but yeah uh anyway Anything, anything personal you want to discuss? Any, not personal. Let me let me stop that. What you get into this week since the last show? I don't want to get into personal, but yeah, I know you went to All Out in person. Um, I actually, I went to All Out. Yep. So I was in there and um, had a great time. You know, uh, and shouts out to uh, Dan for uh, being at the wheel. Uh, and getting us uh, there and back safely. I, I nodded off on him a little bit, but uh, I woke up in time to, you know, uh, you know, keep him company. Uh, shouts out to Josh Number Two's wife Colleen for the wonderful cookies oh, this um, that that she baked up. <laughs> you know that Josh Smith did not get to have. Huh. They were amazing, by the way. Um, but besides that. Um, Nothing really too much, you know. I couldn't have had a worse week than everyone in WWE that found out that uh, they were signed to 360 deals. Apparently, 
<laughs> yeah, 360 deals indeed. Um, I heard that you know, there has been this later- man saw Mandy Rose. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Vince McMahon saw Manny Rose popping in for pimp and was like, "That money belongs to me." Oh my god! Um, has there been has there been clarification? Because I saw some people that were saying that people are lying about the situation. Has there been some clarification as far as what they mean? As far as can they still do cameo slash Twitch or they cannot? Like, what was that? Because I haven't been following because I don't really. I, I get it, and that sucks for for the people that are being affected by it. But like, this is really low on the radar for me this week. Yeah, it um, I think they they have thirty days to like not, you know, to basically stop doing it. Like that's the last thing I heard altogether. Not like you can else. move on and be something else. Like you can't do like the I know Alan they can't Jones use Twitch the WWE names. Sorry. So, so uh, what I'm seeing is a lot of people are changing their uh, their WWE name to like their real name. Like, for example, Sasha Banks on Cameo hers is Mercedes Motivation. Okay. So, uh, yeah, just you know, just weird. Just, just more. Um, you know, if you think about all the house shows that have been cut, you know, the Cameo uh, was coming in handy or the, the Twitch streams were coming in handy. And a lot of people were doing cool things with the Twitch, like Dakota Kai, for example, would raise a lot of money for like different, like, you know, charities and, um, causes, uh, and donate it through Twitch and stuff like that. So it's, it just sucks. It's just one more thing that reminds you that this is the evil empire that we're dealing with. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's only one evil empire, but that's, that's just my take on it. Um, I think the thing for me is that, like, you mentioned uh, Dakota Kai. Like, Dakota Kai and, like, Shayna Baszler and Chessman Duke and Mia Yim and Ruby Riot, like, they've been on, like, the the the, the Twitch thing for a minute. Like, the chop, that Chop Mania thing from, was that two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. When they were chopping the shit at each other for, for donations? Mm-hmm. For, like, a New Year's? It was one of those New Year's, either 2018 or 17, can't remember, but it was a while ago. Yeah, um, that sucks. Like no, like you mentioned no house shows means less merch opportunities to be sold. Um, they just sit there bored, probably go home, work out. Like, what is there to do? You know, uh, remember Jersey Shore? Like, what else is to do for them to do for most of the week except for gym tan and laundry? Now, that's it. Uh, yeah. I can see how that can get annoying. Um, I don't. I don't see what. Obviously, they're going to use this another form of revenue for them, for the company. But it's like now you know you're taking more money out of their pockets. You know, obviously, it, there's going to be a cut of that going back to WWE. Obviously, uh, when they eventually roll yeah, it out yeah. for them or whatever platform they make for themselves to do it on. That'll, of course, probably <laughs> will we'll, uh, net them less money and also be less popular. Correct. And it'll be like soulless. <laughs> well, I don't know about soul. Well, obviously, like, look, I mean, as far as the cameo stuff goes, who knows what kind of requests or things people were asking, particularly the women, to say, right? 
You know, there was some nut ass shit going on as far as him saying some something that's, you know, toes the line that WWE gets that request and like, oh, she's not saying that. It's like, no, I would say that for it's for that amount for a hundred for 150 bucks. I say that to this dude that I'll never meet in real life. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't have the opportunity to say no. It's been decided for them or it will be decided for them. Um, yeah, man. But we um like so we're one day late doing the show. So I wanted to do something, or James wanted to do something. Like we wanted to open up the mailbag for you guys, um, make you know the one day wait, you know, a little bit more worth it. So um, we got a couple questions uh, rolled in from uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook group as well. I guess we can start with those, and then we'll get into our reviews of uh, the last week. All right, that's, that's fine by me. Uh, that sounds straight. Yeah, because normally we do these. Um, the reason why we're doing the mailbag now is because most of the time when we end up doing the mailbag shows, we do the mailbag last after we get through getting all our stuff in, right? All, all the gimmicks, all the moves, all the spots. And half the time, it feels like I, we answer their question pretty succinctly already. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, homie, you answer your question. Scroll through. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> go back and find it. It's like needle in a haystack. A needle in a haystack type shit. So yeah, this this probably work out better going forward. Answer these answer the questions now and then getting to the spots. All right. So um, I guess we, we we can go ahead and start. Then um, our first question comes from Bruce Melsmoan. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce that. If it's not, let me know. Uh, he said, uh, now that we saw Thunder Rosa challenge for the AEW women's title, what he thought was the best match of the night, can you see all this challenging Moxley? At this point, do you think one of these challengers will walk away with an AEW belt? I see no harm in them doing that. Uh, I don't think that AEW would be in the um, position with uh, how well they've set up their male singles division to need to go to Nick Aldis because quite frankly they have bigger stars than Nick Aldis a lot bigger a lot of them or most of them are bigger stars than Nick Aldis but um, as far as bringing him in um, and having a match on Dynamite absolutely um, you know they could even do bring him in for something besides that they can bring him in for you know another goal with Cody if they wanted to um, Nick Aldis the dude that is a great promo so he will fit naturally in with AEW um, with the right fit, someone like a Moxley, someone like a Jericho, someone like a um, Cody, as we mentioned before, I, I wouldn't even be willing to rule out you know a match with someone like Kenny even. But there, some of the guys at the top of the singles division, um, he could do a lot. He could do a good program with them to build towards something, even if it's a two week build or even if it's something bigger like going to um, the next pay per view. Like I think that's Full Sail too, right? I'm sorry, Full Gear too. So. Yeah. yeah, I can see. I can see that. Um, I wouldn't mind I it. as like, far as him winning the title. I think that's out of the question, off the table. I think that's a non-starter. Yeah, um, I don't think any AEW titles will be leaving the company. If there was one, it would be the women's belt, uh, just because you can probably do a couple more cool things with it, and you know, at a lower profile. Um, as far as like all this challenge in Mosley, there's one thing AEW is not short on it's heels. So I don't know <laughs> if, you know, and, and I feel like, um, you know, Mosley kind of has a charted 
path because a you can fight any of those monsters that are lurking around or mm-hmm. um you know any of the big just regular singles acts like you know kenny or hangman or uh when he gets back like pack or um pentagon like any of those guys but uh i would definitely um welcome it because some of the coolest stuff that has gone on has been you know people from the outside coming in yeah so hopefully that answers your question bruce yeah and i mean is camille still in the is still in the act for for all this or no yeah so i mean that's a it's the heater right no idea no idea okay um i was saying like if, if she's still a part of the package that definitely helps like instant heat you know um but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Wouldn't mind that at all. Like all this, all this is one of the best promos we have. So we got um, a question from Sir Sam uh, at Sir S or excuse me at Sir underscore Samuel on Twitter. Uh, he said, "What was the atmosphere like? You couldn't hear a lot on the live broadcast, and I think that affected the face heel dynamic of the tag and men's championship in particular. Was it reflective of what it was like in the arena, or was the crowd just not really mic'd up?" I can tell you from being in the building, uh, the crowd was not mic'd up from everything that I've like received uh, as far as everyone saying it feels like it's silent in there. It was not like that at all. Stuff was hot. Stuff was over um, that, you know, got over, especially stuff in the beginning, like uh, the Jungle Boy uh, towards the end. A lot whole arena chant for Jungle Boy. When they were the atmosphere him, felt out of everything. Like every- yes. Okay. Um, and. Uh, also, like um, when uh, they were doing the introductions for Kenny and Hangman, like everyone was losing it and doing "This Is Awesome" before the match even began. Uh, the Jericho uh, theme song was was super hot. Mm-hmm. Pretty much from you know the beginning, everybody wanted to like everything, and then um, it feels like we'll, we'll. There's another question. I guess we're going to get to later. Well, I'll just address it then. But the stuff that was like getting cheered for. <laughs> like got cheered for mm-hmm. <laughs> um like the tag uh in the middle of the tag everyone kind of died because the match was boring after a while and everyone kind of look around like when does the great match start like what <laughs> what is this like so everyone was just like just like what the fuck is going on um so it was like a lot of confusion there people were hot after a while um i wasn't too bothered but you know late in the night it was just like man this is rough out here but it it was worse like around like five o'clock it was really hot then then it cooled down throughout the show to their credit they did have a lot of fans like uh like actual ceiling fans Mm -hmm. uh there in the amphitheater keeping people cool so i imagine if you weren't well hydrated it could have been a problem but i was fine because of those fans Mm -hmm. and um everyone had plenty of space so uh but it like when it when when it got when the stuff got like cheered for and you know it was it felt like a lot more people were there than um than you would think okay yeah uh these are lessons that you know anytime you've been to a wwe um audience or been to wwe show and you know you you'd watch a show and be like this crowd fucking sucked, and then you hear people that were there and they're like, "Nah, we were loud," and it makes you wonder. You know, at first, like, we'll say like five years ago, and be like six years, no, five, four, like basically like around two thousand six, two thousand seventeen, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. You're kind of like, huh? How come the crowd doesn't sound 
Like it's crazy. And I I remember I think the last time I went to a um a live show or to a Raw or a SmackDown, I think it was a Raw. That was like the first time I ever went to a a WWE or WCW show where the crowd was actually like as bad as it sounds on the mics a lot of times, right? Like or like watching it live where you're like this crowd is mm-hmm. dead. So from that point forward, it's you know, I'm just like, all right, well, this time I'm not disagreeing with the people saying that the sound's dead in there. And then it's c- continued over the years and over the years. And, you know, one of the things with, you know, an NXT or an AEW is when they have people there, it's fucking loud. Um, or a pat, cr- uh, you know, a place that's not at, you know, a certain percentage of capacity because of COVID. Um, these shows especially in the beginning when they had their own rosters, the hillside and the, and the babyface side cheering their, their heads off at the beginning of the, you know, beginning of the pandemic brought so much life to the show. And now over the last couple of weeks, it feels like they're, they're almost over and jaded to cheering like fans or cheering like because of the hands of the show, they're just there to just watch and it. And they're, you know, going through whatever they're going through, but they're just not into it in the way that they were back in, what was that? Was that uh, April? April. May? Yeah. So, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, it's one thing to hear people in the far distance and, and you know, you realize, you know, you can recognize that, but also, like, the mics that are on the cameras not being able to pick up anything because the people right there aren't into it. That, that definitely hurts as well. Um, and it made me feel like you know, when we talk about NXT, it's like, how come they have these trained idiots <laughs> that are on the payroll, not cheering for this shit and clapping instead of get, get being loud or cheering the wrong way? And it's like, this was the first time watching an AEW show where I felt like contempt for the actual stooges that are in plants that are there to do the job of the crowd. So... Yeah, like, it was just, it was a really weird feeling throughout the show. Like, you mentioned when people were over, it was over. We could hear that. Like, when Darby came out, that was one of the pops you didn't mention. But, like, when Darby came out, we heard yeah. the Darby pop, right? But it was still just, you know, throughout the show, you know, it just wasn't there at times. And I think also some of it has to do with the Matt Hardy thing, right? Because, like, we all thought, like, a legend fucking died. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we're we're, we're going to get to that. That's actually the next question. Okay. So, um, a question from Greg at G. Johns. What's up, Greg? Long-time listener. He said, um, uh, what was the match you were most looking forward to, and how did the live crowd respond to the Hardy incident? Huh. Yeah. So, the first thing I texted the group was, Matt Hardy is dead. Like, <laughs> so, um, well, first, the match I was looking forward to was the tag match, of course. Uh, Kenny and Hangman against FTR, because... I wanted to see it from FTR. I wanted to see, you know, the greatness because I already know them other two dudes, like they straight, like we already know what it is when it comes to those and what time it is. Uh, we'll get to it in the review, but um, the, a- after the live crowd, it felt like the soul got stuck out of the building after the Matt Hardy thing, because I don't know if it was um, just like, pure concern for him or just confusion on like what the hell happened because uh the first thing my mind defaulted to was the matt hardy and edge match they did that one time at SummerSlam where they stopped it after four minutes i was i didn't know if matt hardy was trying to go for that kind of work shoot type thing um there so 
But after that, it was just like, oh, you see him like stumbling around and you saw his head like smack. It was like, oh, and it just seems like there was a lot of like people that had to make a lot of snap decisions and quick decisions in the moment. And it was just like the the crowd was looking at it like it was like, oh, my God, like and, and just sitting there afterward, just kind of shaking. OK, um. Watching it from home, I thought that he absolutely hit his head. I was wondering, okay, so, you know, Aubrey is stopping the match, like she should. And then all of a sudden it starts back, and I'm like, after it starts back, I've seen him stumble around, I'm like, he's he's out on his feet. He's on his feet, and sometimes not even on his damn feet. What the fuck are they doing? Who let them continue this match? And then keeps going, and I'm like, there's no way this dude didn't just hit his head on fucking concrete. He he may be ble- he may be bleeding in the brain. He may have cracked his skull. What is going on? So then. They're continuing, and in my mind, I'm thinking, am I am I tripping? Did his head just luckily not hit by the grace of God, by, you know, by millimeters, and his head didn't actually hit? And, and, then, and then, like, I'm like, all right, let me, you know, let me look at his neck to see if there was, like, something on his neck, like, there was something that was there that I just didn't see that was actually cushioned the back of his head, and he moved out the way or something. I'm thinking, like, I didn't see him move nothing that there. Like, there's all he did was hit. That was nothing but coconut, bro. <laughs> so, imagine going, I'm like, and they go straight to the finish. And I'm like, okay, so why did this match need to continue? And then I'm thinking, like, yeah, look, I know there are people relaying information back and forth. Aubrey can't can only hear. She can't relay what she's what she uh, what she's experiencing firsthand to the backs to gorilla position for lack of a better word for AEW and things moving fast and you know you know it's pay-per-view but you know afterwards you hear about you know there's a protocol in place and I'm just like uh, like bro I want you know we watch sports we watch you used to watch NFL but you're aware of the concussion protocol there it's not they don't get cleared in, in you know in minutes they take your ass back underneath a tent or, or that's football. That's Alabama. Uh, they do that with the tent. Like, but they, you know, they they put you on the sideline and they they hold your hand for for a minute so you sit tight while we do this test on you. It's like I don't understand or see how that could be done that fast. Another part about it is like I don't give a fuck about how good your concussion protocol is. Concussion like symptoms pop up at different times. For different people under different circumstances all the time. I'm sure the concussion protocol catches a a high percentage of concussions. I have a hard time imagining that someone can, you can watch someone smack their head off of what, a 10 foot drop on concrete and say, yeah, that dude is is cleared for physical athletic activities. That, that like that common sense thing should transcend your protocol. I, yeah. I I don't I don't see oh he passed 
All right, what if he dropped dead? And I know there are people that are listening to this are like, but he didn't. All right, what if his wife says he a thousand percent has a fucking concussion? But he passed. This is my point. Common sense. Your head smacks concrete off of a 10 foot drop. Match over. Throw the shit out. It, and if anyone is complaining or upset that they didn't get what they paid for, and for some reason they're going to lie to you and say that they paid to watch this drop their 50 bucks to see a Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match that was second or third, uh, there was a second or third match on the card. Fuck them. They they watch this for the wrong reason. They're watching this. They want to see. They don't want. They don't care about the human beings that are doing this stuff. Nobody would be mad if they stopped that match. And if they are, I don't want them to listen to this podcast. I don't want to conversate with them. Yeah, uh, I I think that's the reason why I felt like Matt Hardy wanted to continue, um, and he was cleared by the doctor. So. I, at that point, if you go against your doctor, then you have to fire him. I think like this is like, well, why am I here? So, uh, well, okay. So here's well, this is what we talk about with team doctors, right? And we talked about with uh, Doctor Amon in WWE. Uh-huh. You are the doctor for this athletic endeavor. The athletic endeavor is paying you to put the player actor. Um, let's say the uh, the commodity back into position to perform. Mm-hmm. That's the inherent thing in all of this when we talk about team doctors and players hurting themselves and going to get second opinions and the like all the time. We know this. It's, it's inherent in the job, the conflict of interest. Your job is on if you are too protective of your of the commodity that are paying, it will lead you to get fired. Right, Anthony, the New Orleans Pelicans staff between Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis, and all the injuries, they got let go <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> Motherfuckers <laughs> always hurt over there. <laughs> Notice Anthony Davis didn't miss twenty fucking games this year when he wasn't playing for the Pelicans. Obviously, you know Nixon, Nax, and whatever else. Yes, fingers crossed. All that, right? I want to see this. Yeah, he known to go to the locker room quick, <laughs> but he comes back. He don't miss 20 fucking games no more, right? <laughs> so, like, and honestly, you know, the Anthony Davis stuff is more like the beginning of his career. Like, the last four years, he's been relatively pretty damn healthy. Um, like, last year was the sitting out thing because of the, you know, the trade thing, trade demand. Anyway, but that's what's inherent in all this. So, if you overrule your, your doctor on the sake of he's not going to play, you don't get any, no one's going to be mad at you for saying you're overruling your doctor on the side of caution. They will, people will, you get drugged for overruling your doctor on the side of recklessness, being too aggressive on someone's recovery or timetable. So, you know, I I get the idea of overruling your doctor, but ain't no doctor going to be upset as far as saying, look, bro, I cleared them. They, someone overruled me. Look, Either way, they took the path of least least uh, chance of someone being re-injured or, or something being exacerbated. I don't think a doctor would be upset about that. For being more conserved for, the, you know, people being more conserved about the outlook than the doctor is. I don't think that. Now, granted, Matt Hardy wants to wrestle. Of course he wants to wrestle. We think his brain's been scrambled. We don't give a fuck what he thinks. <laughs> Take his fucking boots. <laughs> like, 
Think about it, like, he, he really wanted to compete. Oh, really? The dude with drain damage? Not brain damage, drain damage. Might want to continue to perform? Like, what a shot. Mick Foley wanted to climb back up the fucking cell. And look what happened to him. He went through the fucking roof. <laughs> so, no. Like, I know, you know, this is real dark because we're, we're, this is where we're headed. But, like, no, I don't care what Mick Foley or Matt Hardy, any other guys that get themselves in severe bad situations and want to tough through it, right? I just don't. Like, I commend them for it. That is what it used to be. We're operating under a different set of rules. If you haven't noticed by all the things that have been going on over time right now. Yeah. So, um, next question comes from Tom Batista. What's up, Tom? He said, did Tony Khan do a North Korean dictator speech, a.k.a. telling fans not to shout profanity prior to All Out? No, it was on pay-per-view. You don't have to worry about profanity. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't so, hear about this. So, like, um, I think the week they let fans in, Tony Khan came out and just asked the fans not to cuss, mm-hmm. like, because then they have to use, like, the censors and right. all that. So, um, and like, the cuss will be saved for the talent to say shit five times in an hour. Correct. Like, what so, was that um, between, he, uh, what was that? Was that last week or two weeks ago? Him and said. I'm not sad, no, not sad, but like the thing with like Jake Roberts and Taz, like that was <laughs> they're <just> like <laughs> Jake Roberts, like obviously, like okay, this you're gonna say something, I say something, you say something, and Jake was like, okay, I understand that, all right, he, and his Taz turned to talk, he's like, I'm just gonna talk over him, fuck what he has to say, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ruin the segment, but yeah, go, go ahead, Rich, like I'm ruining your segment right now, so go ahead, sorry. <laughs> So he also said, how would you compare the NXT theme music to AEW's? There's good themes and bad themes in both. I think both are I mostly, don't know. I think both both are mostly lacking. Um, I think I think the best theme music amongst all of them right now is like Jericho shit, but like that's not even fair. That's actually commercial release. <laughs> right? Uh a lot of the stuff sounds like a lot of stuff sounds like more commercial than the actual real song, and especially in WWE side when like they don't even put lyrics or vocals on their shit no more. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, uh, last question comes from Alistair Gray. So now that AEW has been broadcasting weekly TV shows for almost a year, what do you think they need to do if they want to evolve and grow? Um, who do you think are the most promising future stars? And do you think there's any genuine main event draws in their midst? In AEW? Yeah. Hangman, because that's what they're on, and he's clearly talented. Um, MJF, because he's, he's already a main event level talker, as far as translating that into wanting to see him wrestle big main event matches. That remains to be seen, but he clearly has that level of talent on the mic. And as far as the presentation and the protection he's had so far, I think that could warrant it. I don't know how long he's going to, you know, I think eventually he's going to, you know, be someone that does many jobs as like a Jericho is right now or, or loot or lose anyway. But, um, other people, um, there are guys that I think can reach a certain level, but I don't know about main event, um, like Darby, for example, like maybe Darby really, you know, we talk about the, the, the parallels between him and Jeff Hardy. Maybe he actually does break through in that way. 
Um, hopefully, look, I don't. There's no Triple H to, to cut it off, right? Um, we don't. We don't think. Right. At least. Right. Um, hmm. You yeah, know, like the easy, the easy answer would be like people like Cage and in like Brody and Harper. I'm or, I'm sorry, Brody and um, Archer. But those that, that almost seems like too obvious. Like 40, yeah. Those those are, those guys already seem too obvious. Heyman might yeah. even be too obvious. Yeah, I think I think Heyman's like someone you're looking at. Obviously, MJF, uh, yeah. Wardlow, definitely you're probably going to want to look at, and he's got like the like that's Batista right there. It's it's pretty easy <laughs> to figure out. Yeah, good point. Um, um, the Jungle Boy, whenever he changes into whatever his real character is going to be, like after the Young Boy Jungle Boy thing, uh-huh. you know, when he's not a you know. A, a literal Tarzan man, like mm-hmm. when he breaks into whatever next, uh, I think you can definitely do something with him. Yeah. Um, um, maybe even Luchasaurus. I mean, he's, you know, cr- the crowds love him. Um, I think that his, uh, I think that him, in, he's limited in the ring. If, you know, but I think he's perfect for tags. Um, and I think he's perfect like short of the semi main, I think you put him anywhere aside from second from the top or or at the top, and he could do he could do anything pretty much. But you know, asking him to go over fifteen minutes in a singles match, I think that's a big ask right now. And I'll give you another one who, when I say it, you'll be like, "Huh," but he clearly can do it and would get over at the highest level. Nick Jackson. Yeah. So if they ever. If they ever split the Bucks or, you know, Matt goes down for whatever reason or there's a reason they had to compete as singles, Nick Jackson could easily, I think, get over and be a champion. Oh, yeah. No, there's three other I can add. Scorpio, Phoenix, Pentagon. All those guys could be main eventers in in AEW if they put them with somebody or put them in the the right uh, situation or whatever else or actually just push them for real. They could be fit right into the main event picture in AEW. We know, we, especially Phoenix Pentagon, we know what kind of matches they can have in main events. We've seen it for years. We know what kind of talent they all have. We know the kind of charisma they all have. They can do it all. So as far as um, what do I think they need to do to evolve and grow? I think just, you know, remember what brought them to the dance, I would say. Because this fan base is going to extend from the core outward i feel like this isn't going to be something where you just cast this wide net out there and people just jump in like this is a labor project this is a um you know a labor of love one would say and i think that if they if they remember who they are how they got here it was already good enough to get to this point so i don't see why it can't you know go forward and I think they just have to be careful with, like, you know, eventually we'll see how they start transitioning people into different roles when those times come. But yeah. to me, they've already shown, like, a dedication of looking down the road much more than anyone else has, really. Um, as far as the majors, um, I... I I don't feel comfortable answering that because I don't watch uh, Lions Breaker Strong 
But if I did, I'd probably have a better answer on that. But you're probably right. Yeah, because, I mean, like, in general, in New Japan, what did I talk about pretty much all summer? I was like, this roster is old. It's largely the same, like, who's Naito going to wrestle? It's They kind of just pulled evil out of their ass, and that, you know, how that went. Um, <laughs> and all those guys have wrestled each other aside from, like, Shingo. And it just takes longer in New Japan, typically, to really yeah. get someone to be accepted, yeah. like, Right. A Jay White is like a shock to the system. Like evil is a shock to the system when you do that stuff like that. So, yeah, and you know that's a, also part of the process where like everybody's first title reign is always short as hell for some reason. So, um, like Naito, even, even Naito's first title reign was short as hell. So, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of the thing where you're like, all right, you're gonna get this one out of the way. It's like, <laughs> it's like you're gonna get this one out of the way, and it's time for round two later on. It's like. Like, yep. I don't know why we just turned New Japan into sex, but okay, that's, that's, that's what we've done. But um, yeah, so but you know, I, I really meant as far as like their American talent that's here, and also some of the other guys like you know, Fredericks, Connors, uh, even the people they brought in like um, like a Tom Lawler or whatever else. I feel like they can be in the mix, and in, in some of them can like those are long term plays, and I feel, feel like. New Japan's future, their long-term future is more promising than their immediate future. Like, their next... Mm-hmm. I feel like they have more answers for years four and five, or three, four to five, than 18 months from now and two years from now. If that, Right. If, yeah. You know, even though, like, you should probably shouldn't be thinking that fucking far out anyway, but, like, that's kind of the way they track their talent. It's always a long play. Mm-hmm. But that's all our questions, so I guess we can... Um you know, before we get to our uh, review, um, just got to let you guys know oh my God. about Manscaped. So uh, Manscaped is a sponsor of this show and is brought to you by Manscaped, and who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments uh, to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience in the short term, in the long term, for whatever term, um, you know, you will be taken care of by the Manscaped, you know, uh, they got that third generation trimmer. Make sure your balls are Nick free uh, and, Thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin uh, safe technology, uh, your battery still lasts up to ninety minutes. James, I have, I have. The first time I charged this thing up, right, I have not charged it since to demonstrate to you guys the power of how long this battery lasts. How long have we been shilling this product, James? For a couple months now. Now I have you- not charged it since. Okay. I'm glad on that purpose. You, I'm, I'm glad that you said charging because I was like, bro, I don't need to hear about you using this damn thing like that personal. You're like, I use this shit once a week. I'm just like, chill, bro. Like, um, I left it off the charger. So I know you guys want to know how you can get one. Make sure you trim that junk of yours. You get 20% off free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. And, um, you know, not just the shaver, but everything else on there as well. So not a game. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I guess you you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to disappoint, uh, whoever sees it, like, you know, AEW all out. So 
AW All Out. Um, what are your general thoughts on the show before we go match by match? So I'm providing an in-building perspective. I did not watch anything back uh, on video. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had fun at the show. Uh, largely, you know, I was with uh, Jamie and Josh number two and uh, Dan and Jeremy. And um, it was just, you know, it was fun. Like we, we you know, we're starting chance. We um, saw we liked a lot of the show, but you just got the feeling that something wasn't clicking. And it was like what the hell is going on here? And I believe Jeremy, I said Jeremy, I hope I said Jeremy. Yep. (laughs) Um, But it was like, uh, overall it was like, man, it just didn't reach the heights of, uh, of every other one that they've done. And it felt like this one, the, they, they, they caught that, that, that once a year, it seems brick where, uh, you know, like fight for the fall in last year. I feel like this had a like a like a similar vibe to. You had a long tag match that wasn't connecting. You had the eighty five ninety degree heat with the fucking humidity. You had um, <clears throat> you just had like some you know stuff that just wasn't you know going right. And I don't know. It wasn't my favorite show they've ever done. I didn't think the show was terrible, but. Things happened on this show where it was like, oh, no, I I hope that they can move the right way. Because, like, when you have a great pay-per-view, and I don't know if you remember, James, like, going into Double or Nothing, I was very down on the card. I was kind of expecting what happened at All Out to be Double or Nothing. But Mm -hmm. they happened to hit a home run on the day of, and I was like, well, I guess I'll shut the fuck up. But I feel like I saw some of this stuff coming, and... You know, you start looking at the builds and um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. It just, to me, it, it was, I had trouble even paying attention to that match when it was happening. Uh, the tag match was a massive disappointment, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, the, I, I really like the women's match. I like the Young Bucks match. And I think the Matt Hardy thing really like, stole like an hour of the show like the real estate of the show and the main event like did its best like the main event was a great match and a very good match and it was like man at least the plane landed safely with the main event because it like almost crashed I think okay um this was a show that I think is a good show in a vacuum but given um expectations and track record um, m- much similar to these last two takeovers that we've gotten, um, leave you saying, yeah, it's absolutely a good show, but I was disappointed. Um, I think a lot of the problems with this show in particular can be tied to too many matches on the card in the show going longer than it should have been. I, you know, obviously you don't know what you have until you, you know, you run through the matches, but um, you know, even going into it, uh, I thought the Battle Royal, the, the 21 Rumble should have been on the pre-show. Um, Britt and, and, um, and Swole, I enjoyed that match. Um, it was it clearly wasn't a match. It was just some uh, <laughs> dentistry brawling. But it was, in a, it was entertaining in the moment. It, I was thoroughly sports entertained. Um, 
so I wouldn't necessarily say get it the fuck off of the off the main rock card. But if it's a situation where you need to trim something down, that's something I will look at. Um, or I was something I would save for dynamite and utilize it in a, in, in a, in a way in, in that way. Um, the uh, the uh, Scorpio Sky in Cody's Homeboys versus uh, the Dark Order that should that Jesus. should that should have been snipped off to, to cut time. Um, quite frankly, Matt Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy, and, and Sammy Guevara was not you know only reason why that even makes pay per view is because of the stip. There were you know the retirement stip. So uh, otherwise, that's something they could be better utilized for Dynamite. It, hell, they could have done that at the their main event of Dynamite from what was that a week ago or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, they should did it there. Um, but you know the things that brought us here, um, except for the exception of the liquid tables match. <laughs> um, I thought all the matches were no worse than good. Um, and some of the matches were like, yeah, I was, spe- it was good, but I was expecting kick ass or great. And I didn't, I wouldn't say that I got any great. I may say that I got, I, I will absolutely say that I got a lot of very good though. Uh, but it just, you know, the show didn't peak in the way that like, you know, Takeovers in um, Don, or uh, AEW pay per views do typically, so um, I think that definitely uh, hurts it. So um, I guess we can go through it. Uh, opening match was Britt and Swole. It was it nail nail eye for a nail or nail for an eye? Was it called the match? No, the tooth and nail match. Tooth and nail match. That's right. Just pure comedy. Right. Um, some of the stuff Big Swole was saying was hilarious because yes. she's just got her own, she's got her own like you know sayings and swag and yes. everything like that. Presence. Um, yeah. Besides that, I really don't have too much for you on it. It was funny. I thought it was properly placed because I wasn't trying to go through the whole show and then like in the middle of the show, you know, you have to watch the screen and do the cinematic thing. Right. So I thought it was properly placed. Um. I thought that people that were up in arms and saying that they were not that they were upset about this being on the pre-show and then were not going to support it when it was on the main show. I think y'all are fraudulent faux journalists, quite frankly, um, <laughs> and and stop coming out here and capping and exposing yourselves um, minutes later in your own tweets, but. Um, whether it was on the pre-show or not on the pre-show, I thought it was, you know, funny. I thought it was, you know, so just just a nice like kind of little thing. And, you know, Big Swole got a win here because I would assume they want to do the real match and then give Britt the win there. But, I mean, you take Swole with the win now going forward. Maybe she can launch into something else while Britt's getting ready to to return because she's obviously not ready yet. Because That's kind of why this thing existed like that. Right, right. Um, on Twitter today, there Swole was saying um, she, you know, now that I beat, you know, I, and in my mind she called her a heifer again. But <laughs> <laughs> now that I've beaten her, I want something new. Next challenge, what, what's up? And Thunder Rosa tweeted saying, "Hey, what's up?" You know, in, in GIF form, of course. So or GIF form. Um, and then from there, Tony Khan was added by Swole saying, let's make it happen. 
So I'd be int- I would be interested to see Swole versus Thunder Rosa. I would like to see Thunder Rosa around um, as a bit of a of a at least you know uh, doing some regular duty right now. I mean, I don't believe they're going back to the uh, uh, the studio format for uh, NWA anytime soon. You know, there was all the talk about people that were there were being let out to do to go make money elsewhere for the time being until they can run it again. Bailey Corgan, you know, did the voiceover thing for, um, for Thunder Rosa, and in, in addition to also letting her do the AEW thing. So, while, while she's here, may as well let her go out here and work. She's one of the best workers they have right now, so uh, let her do it. Definitely. Um, so, up next, we had um, the Young Bucks against the Jurassic Express, and this was awesome. Flat out, um, I didn't get the like. I was sitting far enough away. I guess everyone said the Bucks were kind of doing like you know. As soon as they came out, I was like, "Oh, we're getting the heel young Bucks." I didn't really get that, um, you know, from being in the arena. But the match, you see, they were working uh, heel, and this is just like a masterpiece by the young Bucks. Like proves to me why they're the best tag team. Uh, and this was just a match like the crowd loved. Uh, live and this was just you know super impressive like uh like you know lucha boy and like they had um jungle boy getting cheered for like he was like carry von eric at the end and then they ended up putting his ass down so um i would probably go like four and a quarter or four for this and it was uh it was a different style young bucks match but you know most of the times when i get these different young bucks matches i pine for them to just do their normal match this one i didn't um like say, well, why don't y'all just go do the regular Young Bucks match? This one was like it just like felt different. Like it was dope. It was um definitely something like where Luchasaurus was looking good, and it made me think like it's the beginning of the Young Bucks time because we know those belts are switching tonight, and it's time to start heating up the Bucks like they've you know should have been from the beginning, but maybe this whole year like you know keeping the gas pedal off the bucks when it's time to put the gas pedal on everyone will be ready for it and they've got all these wins to get now so we'll see how they get there yeah very fun match um very good utilization of the storyline they're going through to where they just got screwed by their best friends they are working hill functionally to make the the match work but at the same time they have an out by saying that like they were fucked with their not i don't know about them being heels as much as they are they're pissed and it worked Mm -hmm. um i thought that i thought that you know the (laughs) the we talk about the nick jackson hot tag or you know a bunch of people's hot tag the big e hot tag um, mm-hmm. and you know, the Luchasaurus hot tag is, is a, is a real contender and we, we haven't, we haven't put enough respect on it over the last, you know, nine months or so, but <laughs> it was on display. Um, so that, so that was awesome. Um, I do like the part where, you know, jungle boys, person used to pin, he, you know, they, they gave him a bunch of stuff for him to kick out of, got people into, um, the end and they finished it. I probably go. Um, I think I went three and three quarters, but I have no problem with anyone saying they thought it was a four star match at all. Um, but yeah, I uh, it, it was a, it was a real fun match. It was probably the most fun um, match of the night. Yep. So after that, we had um, the twenty one man casino battle royal match. Lance Archer with the win. 
Of course, people that were in it were uh, Billy of the Gun Club, uh, Brian Cage, Chris oh, Daniels, Chuck Taylor. <laughs> you know how? Okay, you know how? Like back in like the medieval times, or or even further back, they used to say that you were your first name of whatever town you're from, right? So like, G- like your Jesus of Nazareth, like your Arthur mm-hmm. of or whatever Arthurian, whatever or Camelot, Arthur of Camelot, right? So you'd be like, yes, he's Billy of Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Not even say he's Billy of the Gun Club, but he's Billy of Gun. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Chucky e. T and Darby Allen, Frank Gazarian, Jake Hager, Ortiz, Penta, Phoenix, Ricky Starks, Santana, Sean Spears, Le- the Blade, um, Trent, Will Hobbs, Eddie Kingston, Matt Seidel, Sonny Kiss, and my boy, The Butcher. This was all over the place. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it, this was, it was hard to follow the action live. It was hard to follow the action, watch it for TV. Um, it didn't see, it didn't really seem to have a, a real sense of, or let me phrase it, it didn't seem to have a compelling sense of story compared to how they've done previous, um, battle royals in AEW. Like, they tend to be really good with focusing on, the story beats from spot to spot to spot. Um, and I think like, you know, it just didn't work this time. And I think, you know, obviously this is towards the end, but like once 21 is Sidell and then Sidell goes out there and slips on the ropes and almost kills himself. Like, you know, that is another one that takes yeah. you out of the match. Like there were three spots in this match that like, Oh yeah, that's one of the worst. That's one of the most horrifying spots of the year. It's one of the most terrifying spots of the year. Three of them in one show. And all of them are like in what yeah. within like what an hour span of each other. I felt so bad for uh, Matt Seidel because it was like I, I texted the group in all caps like Seidel's here, Seidel, and then like minutes later, just or seconds later, it was <laughs> like, God damn, like Seidel, but like Seidel may have left the world. Correct, correct. Um, luckily, he got his arm out. Oh, That's how I was able, like, so by seeing the um, replay, I was like, "This guy's a great worker." He knew what he knew that he was in a situation where he fucked up or the rope was slippery. Something happened. Mm-hmm. He got up, didn't rotate. He was like, "Well, let me sit my arm out." And That's the only thing that that, that saved his life. He so- he, he lucky he lived today. He lucky <laughs> he lived today. <laughs> like, um, I watched it live. Was horrified, and then. Um, this was probably the most I ever like looked at it uh, during a AEW hip review. Not probably was definitely where like I was in my phone looking through stuff, like communicating with y'all that because y'all were there mm-hmm. to try to see if y'all have some perspective that I'm missing. Because y'all nothing like I mean, it really that perspective only gave me was like oh yeah yeah like Rich is spoiling me th- stuff for me like 15 seconds before it happens, so let me get away from this. But <laughs> like watching um, the replay on Twitter, like. You're you're absolutely right. If he doesn't get his right arm out and it clips the uh, the top turnbuckle, he's landing on his head, or his or his or his shoulder or neck, like it, one of those things. Because he's he's basically tilted one way, and there's nothing to stop him from being able to fix himself or correct himself, aside from the luck of him clipping that that uh, top turn top rope and fixing himself and getting himself to where it's like a flat back bump. He was so lucky, so lucky. Well. Unlucky Cup. for the slippery slippage because that's the first time I ever seen him bosh anything like, up to that extent, and then but lucky enough to where like after that something disastrous happens, he's able to correct himself from dying. 
So a couple things on the story front um, that did happen. Uh, Will Hobbs lasted really late into the match. Yes. Um, and came in early, got an elimination. He looks like he might be under contract at this point, but mm-hmm. he definitely got uh he got a share of the pay per view money. Um, I said. <laughs> yeah. so, there was a lot. Of, uh, there was so, a lot of play on the gang warfare too. Mm, like the they, um, bunch in the test in Team Taz. There was a lot of play on that as well. And yes. of course, everybody um, hates Darby. Yes, um, one of the few good guys in the match. So um, I didn't think about that. You're right. You're right. Also, um, Sunny Kiss threw out Jake Hager. Looks like that may go somewhere. Um, they also had uh, Eddie Kingston. So he was much more popular in person than you would think. The whole crowd wanted him. When it came down to him and Lance, uh, the crowd was going for Kingston. Okay. All the way. He got a pop when he came out, but I didn't know about, you know, how the crowd felt that way when it was just those two at the end. No one was dissuaded by the clear, obvious gang cheating that he was, that was going on between, like, Team Kingston no. versus Lance. Okay. <laughs> like, Eddie Kingston strikes me as one of those bulletproof people. Like, he, he's going to do all this shit, but everybody's just going to cheer for this dude destru- because they fucking love him. Destructively over. Thanks. <laughs> Like, like that. That's the Bray Wyatt shit. Is like he's an asshole. He's doing bullshit. He has goons. You know, fear. You know, uh, was it? Um, he's got the whole world in his hands. Thanks, thanks. That's that's exactly what we needed. Uh, uh, my dog, hill. Big Butch. Look, my dog, Big Butch, getting to the final four. You know, I was happy about that. Was it him, Hobbs, uh, and Ed Kingston and Archer? Yes. Okay. Or Sidell, one of those two. Like those are the last five. You know, it was Sidell. It wasn't Hobbs. It was Sidell. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we but yeah, about, Lance, are we going to talk about Darby de- dying? Sure. Um, so I I missed this live. Apparently, oh I don't know. God. I was lo- looking somewhere else, but um, yeah. So tell us what happened. You know, um, Darby comes in. And it's immediately him and in. in uh, uh, oh my God, Ricky Starks fighting because you know they have heat. Uh, or not heat, but they have a storyline going on, and eventually, like, I think they're going to have a match soon, but um, hell, I mean, I wouldn't have had no problem if they had put that on the card instead of um, one of these, you know, the Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara thing, but whatever. So, they come, you know, five at a time, of course, in groups, uh, every three minutes. So, Team Taz was out together, and then I think Darby um, comes out in the second group, and he beelines straight for Starks, they start fighting. Um, bunch of people. Then all of a sudden, Cage gets free. He starts. He starts beating on Darby. He goes underneath the bottom rope, underneath the, the ring skirt, pulls out a body bag, and then he pulls out a bag of tacks. He pours the bag of tacks into the body bag, puts Darby inside the body bag, zips it closed, and then. And then gives him the fucking running three power bomb over the top, over the t- over the uh, top rope onto the the uh, horizontal ramp, and folded this man. Okay, so two things: we all assume that because um, Darby got put in with his hands down, that. When the zipper, when the thing is closed, he couldn't just get his hands back up to protect himself. That's one thing. So, it, 
if so, because of slight, you know, um, sleight of hand, we can't see. We assume he's been power bonding on his fucking head and neck. So that's one thing that now that I'm thinking about it, from originally watching the spot without accounting for that. Oh yeah, he he has enough room to move his hands. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a little bit less dangerous. However, he doesn't know what impact is coming because he's in a fucking dark room, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he's in a dark bag, he can't see a like a brace for impact. He's like that man off, right? You said counting them off. Yep, like one, two, three, and once we throw your ass, like he knows how long it takes before he's getting down. They gotta count this man off like they're singing doo wop. A one, a two, a one, two, three, throw. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but but yeah, like. Yes, maybe they could have counted off, but he's still like it's only but so sure when it's coming, right? Like it's one thing to know mm-hmm. something that, like impact coming, you can brace yourself, but like for how long do I need to brace myself? <laughs> so like yes, that's better than no, no, you know nothing at all. But like yes, that bump is not as bad as we think it is. But you know, and Alvarez described it like it was a roll. Um, I didn't rewatch it, but watching it initially just like. You know, knowing how people normally bump on power bomb stuff, stuff like that, it's like he doesn't have his arms to fully protect himself in the way. Even even if he is able to get his hands up, he can't mm-hmm. you know spread out you know the he impact or whatever else. But he can protect his head to an extent. Um, but it's still it's still a rough bump, regardless. You know, Darby Darby only know one way. Yep. <laughs> <And that laughs> What's your boy's name that had the song from like a couple years ago? Um, Denez Deshaun Hardaway. Darby, Darby yeah. out here doing shit the hard way. Um. <laughs> he out here doing shit the hard way at all times. So, yeah. um, yeah. But aside from that, like, I don't really have much more to say on on it. But you know, it was. It, I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't as good as a Royal, as a, as Royal Rumble was this year. Um, but it, it was. I feel like it was le- not as good as the ones they did last year. Um, AW like the like, but it's um I do like the format of four of four. I'm sorry, five people come out at a time. I feel like it's more efficient or whatever else. It's just um, hmm. we'll figure. I think we gotta figure. I feel like there's some things that work on. Maybe it's more star power helps it too. Obviously, yeah. like if Cody was in this thing, like if Cody had came out, I feel like it'd been a you know it would have been a bigger thing. But it was it was just lacking kind of. So Lance getting the win here. Um. They've kept him protected ever since he's lost to Cody. He's gone through a bunch of squashes and stuff like that. So you can see where, you know, him winning probably tipped off the main event for most people. But um, that match was awesome the last time I saw it. So right, let's do it here. Um, up next, Matt and Hardy and Sammy Guevara on a broken rules match. This is a worst match of the year contender. This is really. Yes. Just, just you don't, for how you don't think that it's exempt. You don't think that it's exempt once someone almost dies. Uh, I I think it was really bad. Like they, I, I think that that someone dying was part of the badness because like I I don't know what happened on that slip uh, when it when they went down. It did look like a fight. You know, and it looks like I wonder. You know, well, the when, you do, when you do a shoot spot in it, like <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm starting to wonder like what the backstage dynamic between Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy is at this point because everything they're doing together, it it tends to like hurt a lot, and they're just trading these back and forth. I think I think what it comes down to, or no, I don't think what it comes down to, but I think there might be a bit of everybody is giving props to Darby for being so hardcore, doing all these crazy bumps, whatever else. I do like. Uh, 80% of the same shit he does, I don't get any props as some type of hardcore legend or none of that shit. I think this would have come down to Sammy. Sammy's like, am, am I, am I going to have to open am, it, Look, is a bitch going to have to open a vein to get the love? <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, like, look, I know... I, look, look, I know I look like a pretty boy, but like, respect me, goddammit. I think that's what it's coming down to with Sammy. Um... <laughs> And, you know, there's a lot of shit to prove with, you know, with the shit coming out of the, the dumb shit he said about Sasha a couple months ago that came out. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, there are a lot of people that I feel like he might, he might feel like he needs to make up for some of this stuff or whatever else. There's something going through his brain that, you know, obviously that goes beyond just typical, I'm a wrestler, I'm willing to do some dumb shit. I think there's some, there's some motivation. Because to you to saw the finish that he like signed that. up. Because you saw the finish that he signed up for this. Like, he yeah. knew he was falling off a scaffold right. at the end, so. <laughs> right. And keep in mind, like, that's not the craziest thing he's done this year. Like, right. the stadium stampede finish is crazier. Yeah. There's another body next to his head as he falls. <laughs> um, But, yeah, this was, um, I'll say this. It was definitely unique, and <laughs> I'll never forget it. I'll yeah. never forget this match. Yeah, I think you being there were are people also saying that you think they think it's the worst match of the year? Are people saying that? No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. But just when when you think about like like it does have an 0.71 rating on grapple, so I guess so. Or excuse me, not grapple, uh, cage match. Okay, well, I mean that, that also has to do with like people are disgusted by the fact they continue to wrestle, which is like yeah, yeah bury it. But as far as like. Yeah. So like Not for the, the part where like Matt Hardy almost died and they continue to match, like yeah, I could see I could see them um people saying this is one of the worst matches of the year. And I understand that I'm not gonna argue with that, but as far as like the actual worst matches I've seen this year, um nah. Like <laughs> nah. Like like they went like eight minutes, right? Six. And, maybe, and maybe I'm being too cavalier about Matt Hardy's safety, but like I think I, I think I'd rather watch that than like the one final heartbeat again. <laughs> oh man! I think I would. Yeah, like one yeah. was fifty fucking minutes, the other one was like eight. So up next, we had the uh, AEW Women's World Titles match uh, with Karoshita defeating Thunder Rosa in uh, just under seventeen minutes. This was awesome. These ladies fought through an adverse situation. I say that a lot of the times, like whenever the um, the Some women's match is really up. good. Yeah, that something that happens before them. Or is either really great, like they at Revolution, like they had to come out there after like Kenny and the Bucks and Hangman. What match was that? Like, that was at Revolution. Uh, Chris Statlander and Nala Rose. That's right. That's right. But this one was a complete different situation. Like the whole crowd was just kind of sitting there in shock, and then they started to match, and they just wrestled their ass off. And yeah. And invert your expectations, like with the uh, chair spot with Sheeta. Thunder Rose is the one to do it. A lot of great submission attempts uh, back and forth, and then a clean victory um, by by Ishida. And this was like, this was awesome. I saw people jumping out the window saying this is the greatest AEW women's match ever, which happens every time there's a great 
AEW women's match. So y'all got to stop this cap because like there's plenty of good matches <laughs> that have happened. So. I wouldn't say there's plenty, but like there's a number, and I would say this is like the fourth or I'd probably say this is like the fourth or fifth best AEW women's match. Mm-hmm. Which is like you know, I mean, you have the you have the the uh, the the Joshi three or six woman match with Sheeta and. Uh, Rio Mizunami and Riho and Aja Kong and uh, a few other people. Oh, Yuka Sakazaki. Um, you have the you know the title match. You have, actually have the three way with Yuka and Riho and, and Nyla. Nyla. You have the first Nyla and Riho uh, match. You have um you have the rematch between those two. You have Sheeta versus Britt. You have um, Brit, or sorry, Sheeta versus Nyla from last pay per view, and then you have this. Like they they tend to have good title matches. They tend to have good title matches. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't in love with, uh, and I would put this at like the the tier below. But like uh, Penelope versus Sheeta, that title defense that was like that was like three and a quarter, three and a half. Like they have good title, they yeah. have good title matches. They do women's title matches. Yeah, I, I, I like this one, and um, it was like, man, I hope you know Sheeta can, like, they got to open up the assembly line, like, for Sheeta to get people to wrestle. So if y'all ain't gonna do this again, like, it's time to like push her for real because like I think she has something. Um, I don't think she's ever like she's not the most like charismatic kind of she's not going to leap off the screen at screen at you but the people that she is going to win over they are going to fucking love her mm-hmm. yeah but that's the thing is like Riho Mania was real and like I wouldn't say that Riho was necessarily more charismatic than Sheeta was so it's like you know it's one of those things where it's like you know maybe it's the look how small the novelty of look at this small woman Russell you know women that are so much bigger than her bigger than her and like she you know the underdog thing where she still she was she was a winner like she was an underdog that won she wasn't like squeaking past people she was beating people uh with her experience and guile so uh but yeah i just um i don't think i don't think the thing is they have a problem pushing sheet as much as it is you know given the injuries and the um what we discussed a few like a few weeks ago the detailing like where they're short on right now given like the, the stack of injuries is like you're right they're gonna have to they're gonna have to start manufacturing contenders seemingly out of thin air on short you know on a short-term notice to get people ready like i don't you know brit's not ready um Maybe that's to play for full gear i don't know but she's not ready right now to wrestle she can't do a real match right now um Swole's a baby face, so I don't know. There's always it can always do a rematch with Nyla. Um, but you know, we thought they were re- that's what we we're going to get here. And then we, they pulled out this Thunder Rosa thing. Um, right. You know, they also mentioned that like, would you want to do Nyla before? She's like, yeah, sure, but I'll take open challenge. That's fine. So, um, but the options are kind of thin right now, unless you pull out someone you know on this exhibition like shit like Thunder Rosa. Um, maybe Allison K, maybe next. I don't know. Yep. So up next, we had Cody's homeboys and his and a dude he wrestled. And did he ever explain why he gives a fuck? Who? Scorpio Sky. No idea. 
They never. They never. No just idea like, why he's here. Okay. Is that but, the reason why they? Um, oh, wait, wait, maybe it's explained by like you know after all so many of those matches, it was a hug fest, and it's like the hug fest. It should be enough for you to know that like they respect each other. So he's fighting. He's fighting. He's fighting for. He's fighting on the on the yeah. He's fighting on the you know on on being on the terms of him being a gentleman. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's whack. Um, like, it, w- it wouldn't be hard to just be like, look, man, like I respected the last champion. He beat me fair and square, but these kind of tactics in AEW, that shit lame. Like, dark, or, you know, we see the force that Dark Order is becoming. This shit needs to be stopped. I'm here to try to stop it at, uh, before it grows. What was that? Alliance yeah, and Cody what, Mania. What was that? A 15 second promo I just did? Right. That's all it takes. And there's, <laughs> like, your explanation is just that. Like, this shit's getting like, out of I, hand. I think you. I, I, they did do a video package before the match. I just don't remember what he said, but it wasn't. Um, a, it wasn't nothing like that. It wasn't nothing. To explain why he's here. Just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bro was yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dustin Rose, QT Marshall. First time I got to see QT in person, so got to cheer loud for QT. Didn't hear me on TV, but that's okay. Um, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky defeated uh, the Dark Order. Uh, that is Evil Uno, Brody Lee, Stu Grayson, and Colt. Cabana. A couple takeaways from this match. Matt Cardona is just a guy. I would thank him for his services and not sign him to a contract. Um, Besides that, this was this got, uh, what's her name on the show? Uh, Brandy, so she could do her little spear. Uh, This was like the the nepotism bowl right here. This is just like I'm just like, why does everything have to feel like this? Like, I don't know. And then Dustin wins. And, <laughs> and then, like, it's, uh, then they book, um, basically, Dustin cuts his promo in the back. And he's like this aw shucks, old-time baby face. Yeah. And he's getting a title match. And yeah. I'm like, like, bro, I was done with Dustin after the Lance Archer match. Uh-huh. And now it's just like, okay. So is Brody Lee going to beat him to a fucking pulp this time? And then, like, Cody's going to have to come save him? Like, come on, man. Like, I I don't know, man. Like, why couldn't Scorpio get to win? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't really. I mean, yeah. I, actually, this is a match I just, like, I don't really care. And if they were to, like, move on from there to Brody doing something else away from the the family. I've been fine with that. Um but I will say this. Cody look or sorry, uh Dustin looked good because Dustin always looks good in tags. Um Brody looked good. Uh I do like the story where Cabana is about to realize like the kind of um abusive relationship that most of the Dark Order have is with uh Brody aside from like you know him and Anna the new recruits like and and it might be a pl- it, I don't know if this is think true but like this is a parallel from the things you hear about like Vince McMahon when like someone's new gets there and they treat you like you're the new superstar you're going to turn this all around and over time they get shuffled they get you know more things power popping up and then it becomes one of those relationships and then they get quickly shuffled out over like a two year two to three year cycle that, like that's like the story you hear about from writers there like you are the you are the you most know. important person in the universe, and then like after six for the first six months, and then after that like things change. Um, right. 
like I don't know if that's I don't know if that's intentional, but and I could be totally you know projecting that. But um, even if that's not the case, like it's still compelling to see like there is a turn with this incel cult, like <laughs> this terror cell. <laughs> like there is like it ain't all like understand you know Anna and Cabana. Like it's cool, but like once you go in defiance of of Brody and you lose. Can with it, yeah. Like he he does not suffer nonsense. Ask Silver. Silver be happy as fuck, and he be slapping the shit out of Silver. Yes, yes. Oh, also pre-show match. John Silver. Did you did you catch the pre-show, uh, James? Um, uh, unfortunately, I did not. John Silver is awesome. Um, oh, we are just real good, bro. He's the man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, okay. he's I, so much of the man. Do I need to check it out? Do I need to go back and watch during it? this? Uh, I would say if, if you have nothing to do, I have a check co- out. Look, I have a copy of the show, of course, already saved. Yeah, yeah I, I would check it out just to see what I, like Silver's um like just all his moveset that he unleashes towards the end of the match. Okay, um, but I tweeted out a picture of him during this match. I took it like live there. He was holding the TNT belt. He was. Like he's so much the man. I sent that out. I was like, John Silver showing y'all what the future looked like. That shit took off on Twitter. <laughs> so, shouts out okay. to John Silver. But um, yeah, I, I know what y'all came here for. Uh, uh, I know uh, it's here we time time to talk about the AEW Tag Team Title Match. So, okay, can I can uh, I FTR? Can, can I give back ground to this? Sure. Okay. After the match, probably like during the Jericho match, I said in one of the threads, can't remember which one it was, but I said, I can't wait till One Nation Radio we do the review of the show so that I can hear Rich give FTR the blues for having a substandard match with Kenny and Hangman. And with all that time and all the things they were allowed to do with this match and the freedom they had, they didn't went out there and had a match that wouldn't even be one of their five best matches in NXT or WWE in AEW. So uh, I already knew the flo- I already know what it is with you, Rich. Whatever Kenny Omega does not get to four stars, I already know what's. I already know. I already know what's going to happen. So. I'm just going to get out of the way for a little bit and I'll, I'll shape it when I feel like there's something I can add to it. But aside from that, this is yours. The floor is yours. Proceed. So, um, I'll say this. Kenny Omega right now likely is still going to be like the in-ring performer of the year, right? Right. There's only, so, only, other person I would, there's, only the only other person I would even put with, the, with him would be like Mayu Batani this year. Or Shingo. Um, but so there's only so angry I can get, but there is a level I can reach. So FTR um, from day one, they've come in, there's, they've carried this long reputation um, for having these great matches, for doing all these, you know, being a real tag team, for having this pedigree that, you know, that is so respected by everybody, but tonight on this show, they proved that team is in the past. That was years ago. Those matches were practiced for weeks and weeks. 
those matches only happened a couple times. Those matches aren't coming back. The Young Bucks have always been better than them. Kenny Omega and his random tag team partner are better than them. Kenny Omega and his last tag team partner were better than them. The Lucha Brothers are better than them. SCU is better than them. Private Party had a better match with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And the last time the Bucks faced Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, we probably got the greatest tag team match we've ever seen in our lives. This is a massive disappointment, a complete arrogant performance by them that made what they look like, that, that made everything they've done since they come to AEW make sense for me. That we're like, okay, maybe they just need some time to like really like, like, no, this is them. Like, this is who they are. The best match that they did was the first one with the Butcher and the Blade because it was like they kind of got to be smaller and quicker. This isn't a team that's a draw. This isn't a team that um, that you want to – I don't think you want to build around them personally. Right now, their best role is to hand the belts off to the Young Bucks like they're going to. This team – Lord, look – I'm I'm not mad that they are lowering Kenny Omega's star average. That's like a complete different thing, right? <laughs> I think that's I think that's a small part of it. It's a real, real, real small part, and that's the part that I brought up on the uh, the message yeah. thing. Like that's yeah, some yeah. of it, but like I think it's it's like I don't think that Kenny's in this like I don't think is a uh, is as high stakes as it was. I thought you know back then with 2017 and 18 and like him and Okada going back and forth and there's like there's room for no fuck ups like at that point, right? <laughs> so like when when I see it's like MVP like, race, <laughs> correct, correct. So like and seeing that Kenny already got one of those you know in the bag. Like look, had this been 2018, oh man, it would be it would be real 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 bad. But the the things that I'm seeing here. I can only take it to be as like, okay, this team doesn't have it anymore. Um, and those matches were a really long time ago in a controlled environment where they could succeed and props to them for doing that then. But then is not. And what do we have to deal with going forward now? They were real boring. It was lazy, uh, this match. And I don't understand what the big want for this style is. Uh, it, does it really matter that you hold a tag rope? I don't, I could give a fuck. Like, you know, if you just want to kick this of someone's leg the whole match, I mean, cool. But like, we've got other teams that are doing like way better shit. Like, you're not better than Proud and Powerful. You're not better than, um, uh, who else they got? The, you're definitely not better than the Bucks. You're not better than the Butcher and the Blade at this point. I just saw the Butcher and the Blade and the Young Bucks go out there. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, this doesn't like strike me as this thing to where, it's like I feel confident uh, about the rest of the. Like, I don't feel like the rest of the tag team division has to bow down to that standard. Uh, I'm less mad about Kenny and Hangman losing because it's in service of the story. It is. Uh, it gets Kenny Omega feasibly back to singles. It gets Hangman back to singles. So I I can take you know, that away from this. But but analyzing this match, FTR is not who they said they were. And 
sorry guys like it, it's been a while and maybe y'all can can get to the to that level again but you're gonna need the young bucks to do it okay so a couple things um how much of this match given that these dumbasses said let's go out here and have a, ma- a match based on heat in front of a crowd that displayed to you for like two hours beforehand two and a half hours beforehand you're not going to get the heat you're looking for or at least also, not a- so one other thing. Go ahead. The the great part about Southern style tag team matches would be involving the audience. FTR, I felt like didn't acknowledge the audience was there. It was like complete arrogance. Like we're just going to do this, and everyone's going to fall all over themselves. It's like no, like you weren't even like looking back towards us. Like while you had someone in a hold, you weren't talking any shit to like us, like around the the crowd. Like what are you trying to? do here is like if we're talking about cosplay wrestlers well look who the fuck it really is this is the cosplay right here yeah um i i feel like this week was a great week to remind you that yes this is still pandemic ass wrestling um like aside from um mayu and konami's match in the grand prix main event from uh, Saturday, there was no match I saw where I said, like, given the situation they're in, if there was a crowd here, this match this match would not have been better. Um, that was the only great match I saw where I was like, yeah, this, great, this match is great without a crowd, and it would have been just as, probably just as good with the crowd. Um, and, you know, people, we, we've all said this, like, Relying on a babyface hill dynamic in this situation when, you know, in your if you're New Japan, all they can do is clap during your heat or whatever else. If you're in um, NXT, the only thing they can do is pound on the fucking fiberglass or plexiglass. If you're AEW and you were, you know, you had your people at ringside that used to go crazy for your matches, they're not going crazy for your matches now. You're at disadvantage, and the only thing you can really do at that point is either work at such a ridiculous output level of pace, or um, flat out work work stiff enough to where it feels real, like a um, like any of these Suzuki matches lately. And they went out there and they had their regular match that would have been on been on a house show, been on. Uh, dot, or episode of NXT been on a, a um, quite frankly, given the, the match layout, would have been on a takeover. But it was missing the thing that is the most important thing for, um, or some of the most important things that are meant for their style of match, which is the crowd caring. Like, why do I care if the Hills are cheating when I know that Hangman is an asshole? that screwed his friends because he's a jealous he's a jealous insecure person and hang and, and at the same time Kenny is out trying to murder murder small people um over the last couple weeks like the dynamic that like you said this is in service of the story between the the the, the young bucks and hangman and Kenny and the fracturing and the split of the elite so, but the thing is, like, when that is... FDR like, just some guys. Yeah. They're, like, when the story is that, 
Why do I care if the other team is cheating when the only thing I care about is are these guys going to stick together and fight through it or are they going to break up and and be done with each other? And throughout the match, like, they never really... I don't feel like they played to that because they played their card with the promo the other day when they pointed out, it's like, the motivation isn't FTR. The motivation is Heyman's mm-hmm. insecure, which I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier or the other day, but like that should have, we should have known that that was going to kill their match or hurt their match significantly. Like technically mm-hmm. very good match. Not a great match. I probably give it three and a half. Um, it's, it's a match that I'd be willing to rewatch. There's a, there's probably, th- probably four, three matches. I'd be willing to rewatch on here because like, I feel like I don't have a fully accurate re- representation of, uh, that match compared to my mood, compared to factoring in the crowd, compared to mm-hmm. factoring in like how sleep deprived I was at the time watching it. But ultimately, this is one of them. But like, even if even we watch this thing, I don't see how this thing gets to gets to four stars. I think it's a three and a star, three and a half star match that went like almost half hour. Dustin and QT had a better match with Kenny and uh, Hangman than these guys did. So like. I'm sorry, FTR. Like, this wasn't it. Um, and the only saving grace here is that I feel like Kenny's going to be a singles wrestler in the aftermath. That's why I'm not as pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not mad about it. I was disappointed. And that's really, you know, I'm not mad about being disappointed by still seeing a match that I think is very good. Um, but. How do I say this? And ultimately, as far as them being a lot of gas. They've, they've been gassed. Yeah, we'll get to that. But ultimately, I think, given the given that they're going to be heels now, because no one's going to like them, and like you look at all of the you know the roster that Hangman and Kenny cleared out, like there's a lot of matches they can get to. They can get you know they can do uh, Jurassic Express. They can do um, Best Friends. They can do SCU. Like there's still matches they can get to and and they can have a successful run still. I, I'm not counting them. I'm not writing them off. Um, but what I will say is whether it was a gimmick or not, they wrote a lot of checks that their ass did not cash on Saturday. Um, talking yeah. about we don't have to do, we don't do flips. We don't do this Y, X, Y, Z in the third. Okay, three and a half. Maybe if you did some of that shit, the match would be better. <laughs> like, I, like when you were in NXT wrestling, you know, the greatest American of the generation in wrestling, and, and another guy that's one of the better wrestlers of the generation in wrestling and tag matches, you were having those kind of matches where you can say that shit and puff your chest out. Yeah, you had one, in my opinion, I think the best, my favorite tag match of the last since we started reap back watches was their match against uh, them at, against DIY at um, t- Toronto, right? That was my that was my favorite tag match, or that is my favorite tag match of the last decade of pro, pro wrestling. So I'm not gonna hold it. So I'm not gonna you know act like they they you know they forgot how to wrestle. They're clearly still good wrestlers. But aside from when they had the eight man tag match with the Young Bucks versus I think it was. Who was it? Or was that a twelve man tag match? Or what the hell? That crazy match they had where they did when loot when Phoenix and Nick Jackson were nuts. That's yeah, Fighter Fest. Fest. That was a, it was an eight man tag. Okay, eight man tag. Aside from that, was that Butcher and the Blade involved in that match too? 
Yes. Okay. Aside from that match, they have they have had some good matches. Like I would even say the match they had with um, I believe it was Private Party from a few weeks ago. That was a fun match. But like the the matches that they were that they grew their reputation on before the Young Bucks took interest on them when they were like the WWE tag team of that year to say they want to fight for clout. Um, that's that's not what we got here, and that's what everyone was expecting. It is unfortunate, but I'm not ready to count them out because they have they they, they have a nice slate of opponents in the future with this tag title. Even to even before, right. before depending on how soon we get to the Young Bucks or whatever else, like there's still a slate of, of tag teams for them to have do good stuff with. So I'm not the Young Bucks did a better style match of the same style match of being the the heels in half of the amount of time that they had on the same show the bucks have ended this debate forever already but who was actually okay who who has an opinion that you respect that actually believed in that debate though <laughs> that actually, that actually like had that had that that, it's, that it's, feeling it's just amplified because i i'm not really like the young bucks for the ftr it's like are the is ftr like Think about watching FTR on, on WWE in the main roster when they were there for the two years or whatever, right? They weren't better than the Usos of New Day. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in saying that? I don't even think they were really like like they were injured a lot of the time. <laughs> but that so. was like six months, and they had another year run. But like they had matched with those guys and whatever else, and like. Their run, they got a respectable run. Like, look, it could have been worse. It could have been AOP, right? Like, so, like, for me, like, they were a tag team that was one of the best tag teams in WWE on the main roster when they when they got healthy, right? And they had a mm-hmm. run, and they had some good matches. But they never had great matches on the main roster. And, like, the Young Bucks and... Sorry, uh, the Usos and the New Day kept doing their thing that they've been doing since 2000 well, for the New Day 2014 or 2015 for the Usos since fucking 2012. So, like, as far as this debate of us saying, like, is FTR the greatest tag team of all time or is, uh, or, or, or of this generation or whatever, or is it the Young Bucks? It's like, I didn't consider FTR that because it's like, no, look at the NFC tag teams we've had. DIY, Mustache Mountain, Strong in um, O'Reilly. I, I'm sorry. Are, in a, are they actually as as good as those teams? Because I don't think so. Well, they've been surpassed by a lot of people, quietly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you want to come up to the Bucks? Nah, bro, that ain't that ain't that ain't where it's at, Playboy. Uh, <laughs> 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 like this is just another great year for the Young Bucks and uh, Chad Matthews. Uh, frequent con- uh, tr- contributor to this show over the years texted me that he thinks the Bucks are in the middle of a legendary year. I'm like, this is just like the last two years for the Young Bucks. It's like, like it all just runs together. Like this is automatic what they do. Doesn't matter the country. Doesn't matter the promotion. They're the Bucks. Um. So moving on. Hope 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 I lived up to the expectations, James. Um, but. Um, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho faced off in a Mimosa Mayhem match. I struggled to pay attention to this because I was so dejected from the... <laughs> oh, before we get to that. Um, so after the match, 
uh, there was a really cool shot uh, I, I saw on Twitter where Kenny like kicked something and then like the camera, like the the drink like splatters all over the camera or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, Hangman who showed up in these pants that we didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why he did that, but oh, you, you uh, it was, it was hot out there. Diesels? Yes, yeah, uh, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's like so, I guess that's so supposed tra- to be the chaps. I don't know. So we tried to hug Kenny, but Kenny like sidestepped him and he falls on his face. You think Kenny's gonna drill this fucker with like a chair and, and quite frankly, you're ready for it. You're like, you know what? You earned this one, Kenny. Go ahead, go ahead, let him have it. But the kindness of Kenny Omega's heart, he he he, you know, finds it within himself to to not blast this this poor soul. But he's clearly pissed off. He walks out um to uh, awaiting young bucks in the back, Matt Jackson with jeans and no shirt on, um, as well hey, as Nick, yeah, hey, a, a, a choice. <laughs> <laughs> so just hanging out, knowing his dad down. Hey, I guess it was hot. No, this, no, no. Check this out. So it's so funny to go through me thinking about like how, at least in my mind, how I think of like people think how have outlooks for people on um. Or how they feel about people's personality traits in uh in the social suplex messenger thread, and mm-hmm. I feel like because I'm so like, hey man, can we stop with this with with some of the goofy pun t- comedy and like the trolling, please? That I feel like I'm almost like the the Debbie Downer, right? And then I say that Matt Jackson jeans, no shirt backstage is a look. You say <laughs> it's a choice. Why am I painted as a negative one? I did, I led I led with love. You said, "Nah, what the fuck is he doing here, guy?" That, that's a choice. You didn't have to come out there looking like that. I would just say, "Hey, man, that's how you feel. That's how you feel." But, uh, but, but, I, I'm, the, but I'm the negative one. See, hey, I, I guess the, the the Jackson money is long. You know, they just show up shirtless when they want. You know, so I mean, you see it when they come out, money falls from the sky. They have their own money, James. <laughs> But like what? Uh, what if Matt Jackson? <laughs> what if Matt Jackson had a has a deal for Levi five hundred ones? What? <laughs> All right, we can continue. Sorry. Yeah. So so Kenny storms by. He's like, man, I'm done with this shit. Like I, and, you know, y'all need to make a choice, and I'm about this bitch. So Kenny walks straight out the building. No shower, no, no nothing. Grabs a water bottle, I guess you know, and, and is up out of there. So they get to the where a uh, like a suburban is waiting. Kenny's like, y'all got to make a choice. I mean, they already made one choice, Kenny, but um, <laughs> but uh, Kenny was very furious here, and he's basically saying he's done with Hangman. Needs a clean slate, so. I don't know what's going on, but he's pissed. Yeah. Uh, watching this made me think that they're going to do... They're not actually going to... Like, yes, he's out of the group for now. I don't know if they're actually going to turn anyone heel. I feel more like... Give, especially given like the slate of like strong baby faces they have, like it's very low, so I wouldn't be turning either one, any of any of those four guys heel right now. But what I would say is like there might be a Seth Rollins-like redemption angle in this. Like, he screwed up, he screwed his friends, he's a fucking alcoholic. 
there is absolutely a story in place for him to make good on all of this over the next six to nine months. No, I think I, I don't think you can get. I don't think you, I don't think you can get forgiveness that quick. I think you need to hold it off for like half a year, but six months to nine or six to nine months. I see. It's, I see. It's absolutely there for the taking if they want to go that route. Bro, I felt like Kenny was about to say, you know, I'm sick of this shit. Like, I put my fucking singles career on hold for this fucker to try to get him over to make him a fucking star. And he all he wants to do is fucking get drunk and then lose and then just com- completely cut a promo on that man. But he didn't go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, what, I, I did say last week that I did think this is going to end with Hangman as this hero mm-hmm. or whatever. But they're, <clears throat> you know, th- this is a th- this is long term storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, um, was gonna say. Oh, yeah. So, the the Kenny just walks out with no bag, no no wallet, no keys, no cell phone. Why couldn't they have just put a a carry on bag next to him? Be like, he grabs his shit. Like, obviously, you imagine like. If you're backstage, you have your shit, you put on your gear, you pack up all your other stuff, and you put it in your bag, or whatever else, and then, like, when it's time for you to leave, you have your stuff, you can change if you want to, whatever else, or if you want to just, if you're frustrated, you can literally just leave. I I just thought it was kind of like, you know, they pay so much attention to detail, I felt like they missed this one little thing, and I was like, why is this goof, why is this goofball just, just walking out the building? <laughs> for, like, I, I thought it was kind of, uh, like, Bro, you ain't you just leaving you just leaving with, with nothing. You just I'm out of here. I, I'm so mad. I don't even want none of my shit. I, I like somebody I'll, I'll mail it to me. Somebody, later. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody come send Uber it to me. I don't know. I'm just furious, but whatever. I one of the one of the AEW dark geese can bring me that shit. Yeah, yeah. Send send number fifteen out to go send get Kenny a shit <laughs> at the hotel. Um, yeah. I guess we can move on from there to uh, Mimosa the, Mayhem the Liquid Tables match. Uh, um. I don't know, man. Um, don't really got much on this. Orange Cassidy won. I guess. I, I don't know what this does for him as far as like going forward. But Chris Jericho, it's time for them to figure out if Jericho is going to stay a heel, if they're going to turn him, or they're going to radically alter his presentation going forward because I don't think this helped him. Like, yeah, his, I don't know. This, this this program was meant to make Orange Cassidy, and though he won to the one, I don't know if it actually worked. And I don't say that as if to say that like Jericho wasn't um, giving because he absolutely was. I just think that the the mat, the last two matches were so mediocre that like there you don't feel the impact of them. Um. Like if this was the the first match, or if this was the um, Pac versus Orange Cassidy match, I feel I, I feel like I, we'd all have a very different feeling from this. But you know, it's just something that just felt like it was cold, and then you get to the time frame, and it was like, all right, well they have they have no choice but to do this again, and um, that's kind of they both felt like they should be moved on from each other, and they couldn't get anything fast enough. Um, I hope this is the end. They need to be done, um, and then move on to something else. Because you know, given the roster, there's a lot of things they could they could both do. That's more interesting than them having a fourth match. So, 
last week Chris Jericho beat up Joey Janela. Then Sonny Kiss eliminated Jake Hager in the Battle Royal. Maybe they go that direction. I don't know if I do that with Jericho. But tags? Um, yeah, like if he's a tag. If he's a tag, I don't want him tagging on anyone but Sammy. I don't want to tag him with Hager. Yeah, because it's like who's the like Jericho's gonna be the worker for that? Well, I don't I don't know about that. And you know, the the whispers are getting louder on is Chris Jericho washed up in the ring? Is is getting louder? Um, I, yeah, but I don't necessarily hold him because this is a fucking tables match. Like, yes, I know it wasn't a tables match, but like it was effectively a table match, except it was pools of of liquid of orange liquid as opposed to two tables that are propped mm-hmm. up on the side, like. What's the best tables match you ever saw? I don't even remember a good tables match. Or I don't remember a very good tables match. I don't. Tables, ladders, and chairs, yes, but just tables, no. Yeah. Um I think that Jericho needs to like either like he needs to get in it with Sammy Guevara. Like they need to do something with the inner circle to where like it's been a year. The inner circle doesn't feel remotely close to the inner circle that started Dynamite right now. So Maybe you start that um, like something with with Sammy or Jericho getting pissed at one of one or the other. You move uh, Sammy on from Matt Hardy, bring him back, you know, and, and get into it with Jericho. Whether you want to move Jericho babyface or not, take your pick. But th- Jericho's next program is very critical for the rest of his contract i feel like because either he can like continue to be doing this goofy shit like orange cassidy Uh like if he goes there and then he's not gonna feel nearly as effective as he can be or else he can get into some like sort of real type serious storyline with you know the breakup of the inner circle or he's gonna have to start like rubbing elbows with actual top people again yeah yeah, um, I, th- I think he goes back to the card. I think I think you know this was a utility role for him. This is also a transition from him being the champion. Um, I feel like I feel like there's more for him to do. Um, I feel like there's more for him to do. There, there has there. I mean, Archer's there. Um, maybe he goes after the, the maybe you know mentioned the babyface thing. Goes babyface. There is uh, you know. The TNT title. Yeah, you get that job back to Kenny. <laughs> there, there's that. There's that. I think that there there is that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them have their. That'd be the third match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, we're going we're going to get to that sometimes, sometime. Um, so yeah. And um, then the main event: John Moxley and MJF. Good match, a lot of fun um, stuff. Like the finish. Um, it's a match I would need to rewatch. Uh, I think I was, you know, you talked about you being dejected for after the uh, the tag title match and like after the the orange the orange juice or mimosa match. I was kind of just like, I, I I just like had enough rusting for the for the day, so I kind of checked out. Like I recognized that they were doing good work, but I have no gauge for how good it actually was. Like I think I gave it like four. I get not four, but I gave it three and a half, just off the strip. Like I see all the stuff they did; it looks very good. 
Um, but I'm also a person that like never bought for one second that MJF was going to be the champion and being Moxley in this way. So like I'm looking, I'm I'm seeing all the setup for all these near falls. I'm like he's he's kicking. It's fine. He's kicking. Well, uh, like it wasn't like MJF wasn't a threat to me. However, like the match was there to get you to buy on that, and like that's more of a me thing than how most people felt about this. So um, I'm not going to hold a it against the match. A lot of MJF like fans. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm I'll rewatch the match and normally matches that I feel kind of that way as far as like feeling like someone you know had no chance of winning when I rewatch them the matches end up being better so um, that's just a lot of MJF fans in the building from the time we got in the arena they were chanting very loud for him uh, Mosley super over as well um, and it was just like that by by the end of the night it felt like they had to like like the plane like was on fire right now mm-hmm. the plane could have blown up but Mosley made sure that they landed the plane and got everyone off of there safely without anyone being injured or whatever that's what i felt like this match was um <clears throat> and then he at the end of the night when he was cutting the show clothes and promo he felt like a real world champion like that's our guy like this like you know, this was a rough night, but we were all here in this fucking heat together, and like, it just made you believe in him. Like, uh, went from you know being there in person, uh, much in the way that that Drew McIntyre kind of makes you believe in him or whatever. Okay, possibly kind of has that same uh, feel. I, I thought this was, match was was excellent. This was like. If you want to do old school, it's like it's funny. This twenty-four-year-old guy is teaching a lot of people how to do old school better than their asses. So, mm-hmm. like, this is like dude's a prodigy. Like he's like he's gonna be on top for like the next twenty years. So get used to it. He's not going nowhere. If you don't like him, like I don't know what to tell you at this point. But um, yeah, this was awesome. Uh, yeah. And this was you know this was his, like. Uh, with the rest of the show feeling how it did, I felt I felt good walking out the building like, well, at least we got that. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, I I wouldn't have like thought that like a year ago I would have been like MJF and Moxley like mm, I don't know, but like this was like this is like a classic world title match, I, like classic style world title match. Yeah, like <clears throat> one thing. Um, if you put MJF in a match where he is, where there are expectations around it, like he has yet to fail and he has done nothing but have put out something very good or even great. So, um, like, if you are, like, he talks a lot of shit in the same fashion that FTR does, but it's always backed up. It's always been backed up. Um, since, since he is coming to, he, he is coming to my, um, my consciousness, he's always backed it up. Um, FTR right now is lacking a bit, um, but you know you can't say that you can't say that about MJF. Um, I'm interested to see if this continues. You think they do a rematch on TV? Because you know he he has um, it out of I got cheated. Yeah. This fucking this fucking guy used this move. He was that was banned. Like I feel like it's gonna have. A, I feel like there's gonna be a rematch at some point. They haven't really done. A I rem- think that's why rematches. they did that. I I think he gets uh, a rematch on, on TV. TV. Yeah. Okay. I won't be bad at it at all. 
But overall, um, like I said, in person, it was fun being there and fun being around fans and um, seeing, you know, aside from, you know, one asshole, but um, <clears throat> it seemed like everyone was like there to wear the mask and follow the rules and make sure everyone, you know, had a good time all together. And it was like a semi return to normalcy. So um, just hope the next time, you know, I, I go to one of those shows, it's like not the summer. And <laughs> also, uh, if people don't almost die, right, right, and, and you know, I, I think that you know, whenever they do those homecoming shows in Daly's place, like that's gonna be a destination because, like, I love the venue. I love like the uh, like it's it feels like the AW building. Like, well, um, I, most I call, of the dynamite yeah, been like, there now it, at this point. Yeah, yeah, it feels like this is like this is the spot. So, but. Yeah, overall, I, I think a lot of work to do coming out of this. Like, they, they got to have some great stuff start immediately after this. Interested to see what the uh, what the pay per view buys say. Haven't heard anything yet, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. <sighs> um, I guess we talk about the NXT from Tuesday, and really more the just the Iron Man match. Um. NXT had a Candice LeRae. I'm not going to order because it was so long ago. I barely remember any of it. But um, it's Candice LeRae versus Casey Canzaro. Fun little match while it lasted. Candice dominated. Um, we did not see the Candice LeRae big woman off off offense offensive set, but it was still fun to watch her just basically just beat her beat her up with technical proficiency. Um, we got a Rhea promo where she says, "We next week, me and you, you've been fucking with my matches, Mercedes. Next week, me and you cage match, which means, you know, Robert Stone or Lee is going to get in the match or interfere somehow, some way, of course. But should be a fun match anyway. Um, Swerve in uh, Breezango versus Legato Del Fantasma. It was, I think, uh, it was some version of a no DQ match. I don't know if it was Falls Count anywhere, last person standing, or last, no, I think it was a Falls Count anywhere, or it was a hardcore match, whatever. Um, it, it was okay, and then all of a sudden, um, Eichner and Bartel came out, interfered, in. Uh, the baby faces still overcame. Swerve ended up getting the win over Phantasma, which is like, does that mean he gets a, another shot at the cruiserweight title, or what does that mean? Oh, it probably means nothing. Great. Um, hopefully, it means that Swerve moves on to something else instead of being attached to this and have you know help fill out this card. Um, I don't remember anything else that happened on the on the show. So. Let's go straight to the 60-minute Iron Man match for the four-way Iron Man match for the NXT title. The story of the match is basically, even though last week Ciampa came out and murdered Jake Atlas, the story of the match is basically Ciampa is the guy fighting to get his life back, as he called the NXT title, and... He is scrambling for 40 minutes to get a fall because everybody's gotten a fall before him and sometimes someone even steals his fall like the first fall in the match was uh, Balor uh, pinning Gargano 
I'm sorry, Balor pinning Cole. The second fall is Ciampa getting um having so a having fuck? a pin. Sorry. So like, if they knew what the finish of this was going to be, why the fuck? Why would they make him pin Cole? Never mind. I'm thinking about it too hard. No, 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 no. Okay, so it ends when all four guys. Oh, sorry. The first 40 minutes is four guys getting. Oh, sorry. The first the first fall is after like 20 minutes, right? And then the next 20 minutes is mm-hmm. every other person so so uh, sequentially getting a fall. And then the last twenty minutes is everybody trying to fight to get get to, to the second get to a get to a second fall because everybody's tied at one. That's the last twenty minutes of the match. But in the process, mm-hmm. like so, for example, um, the first fall is Balor over Cole. The second fall is Gargano stealing Ciampa's pin by pinning um, Balor. The third fall is Adam Cole pinning, I think, Gargano. And then... um, Like old times. And then I think the fourth... And then the fourth fall is Ciampa pinning... Can't remember who it was. But he got... He got the... He tied it up at one with like 20 minutes to go. Right? Um, And then from there... Like the last 10, 12 minutes is like super compelling. It was like, all right, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna get the last one? And then at the end, they all end up outside the ring fighting. Cole is Cole in um earlier in the match they teased like they were gonna finally get they were gonna get a, a confrontation between Ciampa and Gargano. The other two guys broke it up immediately, like a like a World Rumble, right? And then they didn't and then they finally by like the twelve minute mark, you finally do get Cole or sorry, Gargano and Ciampa. They fight while the other two are laid out, been laid out outside. Ciampa has Gargano beaten with a move. Balor with like fifteen seconds left comes off the top rope and hits a double stomp on Ciampa. It pins Ciampa with like ten seconds left. Then all of a sudden, like at eight, at like seven seconds, you see that Chomp, that uh, Cole comes out of nowhere when he was outside, like twenty five feet away, at the time of the pin, hits uh, Balor with uh, the last shot and pins him. So that evens up the the fall. Like they they both pin each other in the, in the, in the process of the match, and okay. and, it, and then gotcha. they ended up with like and then he pinned him basically at the buzzer. So then it's two two one one. The two with two pins is Balor and um, Cole, and they both pin each other in the process of the match. So yeah. it, it so it was a draw. Like I didn't get what you're saying. He's like, why the fuck are you pin him? You know, okay. going to draw. But they they evened it up. They evened it out at the end. It evened out. Okay. So once that once he hit the knee, I thought that because he has to sh- uh, battle lands face first at like the f- like the seven second mark when he gets hit, and you're like. Oh my god, like he's gonna fight to try to roll him over and he's gonna not get it in time. Nope. He ends up getting he ends up uh pinning him literally like half a second before the buzzer goes off. So um out comes mm. out comes your boy, um, Regal, and Regal says, Fuck it, next week, y'all two have a match for the title. Um 
This is a match that seemed like this did not go over well in the streets. Because of because you got you had to watch a match that while good was not good enough to justify you giving an hour long draw with commercial breaks in it. It was not. Um if I watched this I watched this match uh live because it was Tuesday and I didn't feel like watching playoff basketball, or I probably thought I'll or I think probably blow up, whatever. Anyway, I watched this match and I watched the commercial breaks and there were segments uh, like the last 15 minutes were, were damn good. Um, like this, like, uh, like the 40 minute mark was really like most of the match was really good, but there was also parts that, that, that just felt like, God, I wish this match wasn't, was 40 minutes instead of an hour. Um, like the first 10 minutes were, mm-hmm. were, were just there. Um, uh, probably like the ten minutes after Ch- Champa, uh, probably like the five minutes after Champa got the fir- got his fall and tied it up, um, was also a, kind of just there. But like the last fifteen minutes, the falls in the mi- dead in the middle and like getting to the first fall were all fun. But it's just you don't watch NXT for a finish like that. You got they literally fucked you and like granted. That's not the first time NXT has done a finish like that. Like, you know, the Ciampa in... Uh, not Ciampa. The... Uh, back during the network days, they would have two people that you were like, who? wow, they're going to beat one of these guys. And then, like, they would have Undisputed to come out and fuck up Ricochet versus uh, Pete Dunne uh, in a uh, title versus title, US versus NXT UK match when they're in the middle of having damn near a five-star match. They've done that before. Oh, Ricochet, remember that guy? <laughs> remember him? <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, NXT will do fuck finishes on you, but this just felt like, bro, just do do something else. Like, if if your idea is we're gonna have Super Tuesday against me and they have a hot match to 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 sell to to the people order else, fine. Come up with another match to do for this show we got this week, and then next week just do Balor versus Cole. Nobody, nobody would I mean, mean they like could, they could have just done the rematches from Portland on this show. Have Finn go over Gargano, and then have Cole go over Champa, and then they wrestle next week for the belt. I imagine that in their head. Two things they figured. Since you were beating everyone anyway. I figured in their head I think in their head they figured two things. One, we have nothing for this Tuesday. To, what what can we be do we have anything that we can advertise for to move to this Tuesday spot that would be mm-hmm. better than t- give fuck teasing you with an hour long Iron Man match between the fo- these four stars that it could have done better on short notice. So one, they didn't have anything better than that, obviously. <clears throat> and two The Gargano and Ciampa losing in the Iron Man match is less of a job than just getting beat clean. Hmm. Right? Like I guess. But yeah, I mean. however, no, I'm going by their logic. My logic yeah. is you're gonna piss everyone off. Don't fucking do this. That's goddamn dumb. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so it's yeah, like this yes, was the we'll, um like th- this was a banner night for nothing will change in NXT. Oh my god. <clears throat> like so, you know, I, they're gonna have a you know they're gonna have a title match again. Um, hopefully, it has a fucking finish. Um, tomorrow. Oh, another part about it, right? That I, I'm sure they just didn't even th- account for, right? Do you think that if you're on a Tuesday, that it'd be better for if you're having back to back Tuesday shows? Do you think it'd be better for you to crown your champion? Um, <laughs> on a on a on a on a Tuesday when the Lakers and LeBron James are not playing a playoff game, or on the Tuesday when they're definitely fucking playing a playoff game. I would do it on the one where they're not playing a playoff game. Well, who who's playing? Uh, well, the Lakers are playing on Tuesday this uh, tomorrow. So what the fuck? So why the fuck would they do this? <laughs> in a in a in a tie series one to one. They obviously didn't know what the series going to go, but like you know, LeBron James and the Lake that plays in the Lakers is going to play on that same di- day in that same uh, time frame. You knew this. You can oh, look at man. the schedule. It was there. They, 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 they wanted this, James. Like like old boy said. Like they chose this. They asked for this. That's, that's what, what they, they want. That's what they. That's what they aspire for. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you know, I don't give a fuck about the ratings, but like they clearly do. That's why they did this. It is like, yeah. all right. So now what's it gonna do? Oh, after you fucked the fans for after an hour long match, now you're saying, all right, you're gonna have to. Hope that your fans aren't so mad at you that it will not just turn you off to go watch LeBron James on the Lakers instead. <laughs> in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Hope. Good Hope is a luck. dangerous thing. Good fucking luck. After you fucked them, of course. <laughs> I'm just Dumb. glad we ain't got to watch Gargano and Ciampa next week. Oh, my God. Like, I don't want to see them dudes wrestle no more. Like, I'm good. Like, that didn't, um, they, in the match, they acknowledged it, and then, like, they didn't, if, after they acknowledged it, and they broke it up, they never went back to it until the very end, and that was in service of having both of them basically do jobs at the end. So, it's like, yeah, we put them in here, but, you know, they just, they just here just, they just here as, like, uh, window they, dressing. Yeah, they went. They were window dressing. Like they, they are, they are parsley on the plate. Man. But as I said, like there was a lot of good wrestling. I won't call it great, but there was a lot of good wrestling in the hour. Um, and, and it had its moments. But that finish is a that finish is the kind of finish where he's like the duck to half a star. That's one of those Damn. finishes. The duck to half a star. Damn. Like if there was actually a winner, I could see people give it that four stars. But no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not on my watch. Yeah, not at all. So, um, that, that's kind of where it is. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, there's not there's not really anything else to talk about. It's just a disappointing week of wrestling. Um, Big Sean's album is dope. Oh, I have not heard it. It's an hour and like ten minutes, so I have not clicked on it. Yeah, um, I, I suggest go ahead checking that one out uh, if you can get past a couple of the lines that he says and make you just roll your eyes. Um, but has, has a Janae is a Janae Ico effect uh, influence uh, fell upon him now? I've heard that it, I heard that the influence is there. It is uh she is now living up to the standards of the Erica Badu that she always wanted to be. From what amazing. I heard, amazing. I, is that wrong? Am I wrong um, in saying that? And they have braids now. 
Yeah, he's very. And um, eating good now, eating healthy. Yeah, yeah. he's heard, very I, like. I heard he has some Doctor CB lines in there. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you can get past a couple of those things, really dope beats, and Big Sean's like obviously a great rapper. So yeah, um, definitely check it out. Like, like I definitely like some of the beats uh, that are on there. Okay. He got a song with Diddy where Diddy's rapping on it. Who wrote it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care either. I just, you know, I just had to put that out there. You know, who wrote it? Yeah. You know, me, right? <laughs> Should I wish? Did he use someone this young and hungry? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, hungry for sure. But, oh, you ain't young um, no more. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, you know, young-ish. Compared to you Diddy, know. Diddy, what, 58 years old, yeah, bitch? Yeah, Diddy up there. Hold know. on. Diddy, if oh. I, was, I don't know. If I was a woman, I don't, I think I'd be too old for Diddy. I don't know. You know, Diddy, like, is a... Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cassie, yep, yeah. Cassie's like, what, 32? Diddy's yeah. 50. Diddy turns... 51 this year. Fun times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, quick note. Um, Stardom's uh, Grand Prix continue or uh, continue this week. It's started back after it's been, you know, the sh- Stardom has been down for the past two weeks. Um, the weekend shows are up, but not in their entirety. Um, I think right last I checked to d- earlier today, half of the Saturday show is up, and only the main event of the Sunday show is up. Uh, I'm not going to. Momo and Shuri was stolen from me. <laughs> yeah, that match got uh, canceled. I think they didn't they award the the, uh, the match to the two points they, to Momo. Yeah, and they had her wrestle Saki Kashima instead. Yeah. Um, I don't just remember what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's a letdown. But you know, match award or whatever else. Good to see Saki back. You know, she had you know. We think a lot of people think that she had coronavirus, so good to see that she's in good enough spirits to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is check out the Mayu and Konami match. Um, great match, best match I watched this past week. Um, only match I awarded four stars to. All right, well, there Mayu you have it. Is going to kill herself at this pace. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. G G one blocks come out Wednesday. Um I don't think there's gonna be any Will Osprey in it. Yay. Continue. Um I'm gonna be interested to see how that all plays out because um you know G one is like the best time of year uh if you're New Japan or in wrestling and it seems like they are <laughs> like they're going to have no foreigners and it's going to be all domestic and who knows who they're going to have to pull. So, and of course we've got those weird environments. So I don't know if it's going to be a G one, like it was in the past, but um, it's going to be, there's no undercards. So it's just straight singles matches every day. So we don't even have to like fast forward to shit. So, (laughs) okay. So no, my voice is still shot. (sighs) My voice is still shot. I cannot talk without wanting to cough right now, so that's why I sound like I'm straining because I'm trying to get it back together. 
and it's tough. Gotcha. So I only piece words together. Um, okay, I might be good now. All right, so you have anything else? Because I'm about to try to end this shit and do this read in this show. And nope. Let's bad. go ahead. Let's go ahead and wrap this okay. whole up. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. That's in the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Um, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Oh God. Um, be sure to visit prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. <laughs> I feel like I'm pained right now. I sound like I'm pained and, and, and flustered. Okay. Um, be sure to check out the other shows on the social suplex podcast network. We have this show on nation radio on Sundays and Mondays. Um, Tuesdays we have, uh, keeping strong style Wednesday. We have, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Watches Shit. Grumman Watches Shit. On Thursdays, we have 8-Bit Suplex, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, and on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Um, we got a new show uh, oh, that's, that's been right. added. Right. Um, the the Grave Consequences Podcast, hosted by uh, Caleb and Maserati. So give that one a listen. Um um, also, uh, they, they're going through the history of Lucha Underground. So, if those of you guys that didn't see Lucha Underground, they're going to take you back through it and go through all the pilot and the, um, you know, just everything that regards Lucha Underground for those of you guys that didn't see it. So, I think that's a really cool show that uh, has made its way to his, to the network. And that's on Fridays, right? I don't know the day yet, but um, right. it came out on September third. So, okay, we'll we'll ask them and they'll let us know and we'll update we'll update accordingly but yeah uh thanks for listening y'all um i'm i am i am just stumbling to, to the finish line on this so later y'all <laughs> peace <laughs>